What up? This is uh, Stoochcast Andy uh, Stoochcast Fifty Two. I'm your host, uh, you know, Andy Stoochel and uh, Protector of the Ends, and uh, yeah, it's a, definitely an exciting weekend for football. If you're a Pittsburgh sports fan, nothing like a tie and uh, you know, Pitt Panthers getting killed by Penn State uh, to really uh, you know put you down. There's just so much to talk about. I gotta focus. All right, I'll talk about Pitt Penn State first briefly. I went to the game last second. Got some tickets with some buddies, you know, some uh, some guests of the podcast, and uh, you know, it was a good game for the first half. You know, you thought it was competitive, and you know, maybe there's a shot, and then by the second half, uh, Pitt just just totally shit the bed. There was just fumbles, block punts, missed field goals. Pickett couldn't throw downfield to save his life. And, uh, yeah, Penn State was just clearly the better team. They proved why they're a ranked team, and Pitt proves why they're uh, a laughingstock. And Pitt has been a laughingstock for a long time. But I will say this. Penn State hasn't won a national title in, like, over 30 years either. Penn State's always ranked, but they never they never win anything. They're always, like, they always finish, like, 10th, 8th, something like that. So, you know, they're not, like, top tier, like, like the Alabamas or the Oklahomas of college football. They're just, you know, a team that gets ranked every year and puts mediocre talent in the NFL. I, I, I was asking this on Twitter. I was just like, what was the last good Penn State player in the NFL for, like, the past 20 years? And I couldn't name him. I guess LeVar Arrington, he was good for a couple years. Whereas Pitt, Pitt's had... Larry Fitzgerald, they've had Darrell Revis, they've had LaShawn McCoy, they've had Aaron Donald. Those are like four all-pro guys. Like Three of those guys are Hall of Famers, you'd have to say. Aaron Donald's on his way to being a Hall of Famer. LaShawn McCoy's like borderline Hall of Famer at this point. Give it, if he has three more solid years, you'd have to say that. But, eh. you know, they just can't seem to put together... Pitt just can't seem to put together a team to win. Like, they seem to be good at developing guys for the pros, but they're not good at just winning like in the college football mold. Like They just can't seem to do that. So I, I just, I don't know. Makes Narduzzi look like an idiot, their coach. Just being arrogant and stuff and getting your ass whooped 51-6. to six. Bad calls. I think there was one bad call where Pitt went for it when they should have kicked a field goal and taken the lead early in the game. And then it just kind of all derailed from there. And I was looking at the stats overall, but I guess it's probably because, like, Pitt had, like, 245 rushing yards. Like, that's solid, but maybe a lot of those were in garbage time. You know, garbage time yards. I don't know. But Penn State only had, like, 211 rushing yards. They only passed for, like, 179 yards. Pitt just doesn't have a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback in forever that could win, that could just go and win games. And unless you got somebody... That could be a solid starting quarterback. You're just you're just screwed. But you know, Pitt's probably gonna continue on this year, and they'll probably have a couple upsets against ranked teams like they do. But they'll still finish like I don't know six and seven or something like that. But yeah, sitting at the game was fun. It was fun going up to uh, Penn State fans and calling them Creepy Valley. That was the most fun I had 
because there was a lot of Penn State fans we were sitting at, and they, Penn State fans would just be talking shit because they're delusional and uh, arrogant and just annoying. And I've been to Happy Valley. You know, it's nice. They got the creamery and whatnot, but it's it's too like in the middle of nowhere for me. I can't stand it. I need civilization, and uh, you know, Pittsburgh uh, provides something like that. But um, yeah, Penn State fans would just be looking all like arrogant and stuff and i'll just look them in the face and go oh it's creepy valley creepy valley's here and they just they just had nothing to say to that they had no response to that because it's true they are creepy when they just get to talking about penn state just it's just it's creepy when they talk about them they have no reply to that so whenever you see a penn state fan you just gotta call them you just say hey it's creepy valley (laughs) um yeah Spent sixty bucks on tickets. Said spent sixty bucks to see Pickett their ass beat. But hey, at least it was uh it's always fun going to a nice packed college football game. And beer is like eight seventy five. It was ridiculous. For just a regular course. Not even course light, just course before the light. But um Yeah, that's uh that's college football talk. And uh, I got to get down the brass tacks with the Steelers. Tying the Browns. Uh, I don't. That game was frustrating to watch because you're always nervous that the Steelers are going to come out and play down to their opponent. And exactly that happened. It's weird because, like, you can't blame the fact that they didn't have Le'Veon Bell for the loss. James Conner was awesome for, like, the first three and a half quarters of the game like he was busting out runs of like eight nine ten yards he was killing it just running head first running over people he just kept going it was like his running style was insane i was getting like jesus this dude just hits the hole and goes but then towards the end of the game you know they were like clogging up hole you know brown's defensive line was clogging up holes and people couldn't get james Conner couldn't get anything he was like losing some yards but Halfway through that fourth quarter, man, fumbling that ball, bad, uh, bad way to go. That kind of just gave the Browns some momentum to come back, and it did. Like they scored a touchdown off that, and then Ben with the st- Ben had an awful game. Three picks, two fumbles. It's just one you forget. And to be fair with those interceptions, they're all they were all different. Like the first interception he threw to A B in triple coverage. You don't do that. That was his worst one. That was like, what were you thinking there? The second interception, he was throwing a deep ball, trying to find A B. A B misread the route. I think he just missed the tra- A B missed the trajectory of the ball a little bit. And so uh the Browns defensive back was able to pick that off over the shoulder. And uh yeah, it was then one Jesse James had in his hands, but he couldn't contain it. It just bounced, and like some linebacker or defensive back picked it off. It was I don't know. So I I, I blame Ben for like eh, like one, two of those interceptions. Still bad. And those fumbles inexcusable. But um, yeah, tied the Browns. That's a weird feeling. I don't know. Both teams were just bad, and it was just they kept raining, and uh, nobody could just get anything to get. Nobody could score, and the Browns were so, like just watching the Browns play. If the Steelers played any other team, the Steelers would have been killed. 
With like when you have six turnovers in a game, you usually win that game. And the Steelers had six turnovers, and the Browns only committed one turnover, and it was like a late fourth quarter interception. It was like if we didn't play the Browns, and we played some other like decent team, the Steelers would have lost by like twenty one points. They would have lost by like twenty points today. But because you were playing the Browns, and the Browns are just allergic to winning, you had a chance in this game. Like the Browns punted twelve times. They put in 12 times in this game. They still managed to score 21 points, and you tied them. But, I don't know. All I know is whoever bet that this game was going to be a tie, they're probably very happy right now. Because I don't know what the odds are for a tie in an NFL game, because ties barely happen. But, I don't know. It, it, you'd have to say, like, it would be 60-1 to 1 that the game would tie. Or something crazy. Because tie, like, ties are just so rare. Ties are like ties in the nfl it's like that happens like once every three years think of all the games that are played like statistically like there's gotta be a huge payout if you bet that for a tie every game but um yeah it's just it's just ridiculous i did betting for on a tie so you spend like 160 bucks a week for that an nfl game would tie for 60 games in a year you'd spend like two grand betting on they would tie and what would the payout be if it were ten, like six you wouldn't even make that money back you'd just be stupid oh, i don't know tj watt had a great game tj watt had four sacks he pressured the quarterback three times got like three qb hits yeah and then he blocked the field goal at the end of the game where the browns would have won it DJ Watt just came in and said, nope, and blocked the field goal. So the Steelers wouldn't have had to be the first team the Browns have beaten in since 2016. I just, it was a weird game. Just like looking at all the stats for the game, it's weird. It's, it's it, You honestly could say Ben just had a bad, Ben had an awful game. and Because everyone else was solid, Ben just had a horrific game. You see three picks and then like two fumbles. Ben got sacked four times too. Because, like, the running game was fine. The receivers, Juju had five catches, 119 yards. Antonio Brown had nine catches, 93 yards. Jesse James had three catches. But some of the receivers were dropping balls early on. There's some missed throws there. I know Jesse James was dropping a few. Juju. The guys were dropping stuff. How about the dude they got returning punts? The white guy. We got our own Danny Imadola. Ryan Switzer. I'm so excited. This guy got, like, this dude was just, he was killing it in the return game. That was exciting. Yeah, and the Steelers had uh, seven sacks, which is good. But they, the Steelers, they, they just don't seem to create turnovers. But they had one interception. I think Terrell Edmonds is going to be good. I saw him out there. He's He had some big hits. And, uh, yeah, they just need to, um, I don't know. I think Ben's, def Ben's definitely got to play better, but, you know, I, I can't stand, like, people were saying how Ben's, like, washed up. It's like, like, dude, just he just threw 28 touchdowns last week, last year. Like, Ben had a great season last year. Like, relax. It, it's going to be fine. And everyone's like, put Josh Dobbs in. It's like, see, this is why you're a fan and not the coach or the GM because fans are all about emotions, what they're feeling right now, and, you know, if they could, yeah, you're gonna bench. You're gonna bench Ben, who makes like twenty, twenty-two million dollars at whatever a year, 
for like the backup. It's like, no, Ben's the guy until he retires. Or if Ben plays so bad for multiple games in a row that they put him away. But Ben's still the guy. I feel like he's going to... He's just going to forget about this week, go and play the Chiefs next week, and he's just going to go have a great game because the Steelers always seem to beat the Chiefs, and when it's a good opponent, the Steelers show up to play. That's just the trend. It's a good opponent. The Steelers are going to show up for that, play, beat them, and we're all going to be like, oh, well, we're going to go to the Super Bowl next week. Guarantee it. So, uh, yeah, that's all you can really say about that. I'm gonna look at yards allowed. The toast defense was uh, it was it was all right. We got a lot of sacks, a lot of pressure. Uh, a lot. Steelers allowed 177 rushing yards. Yeah, that's definitely a concern. Not good to allow 177 rushing yards. So they got to work on stopping the run and like creating more interceptions, fumbles. That's what I'd say. In the sack department, though, they're fine. They're good at getting sacks. They know how to sack a quarterback. And for the Steelers... Oh, penalties. There's a ton of penalties there. I think the Steelers had like 10 or 11 penalties. They were throwing flags on like every play. It was was getting to the point where it was just annoying. Because like both teams had a ton of penalties. It's like, why is, is... why are the officials like this? Just, just let them play. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do. James Conner is pretty good. I wonder what Le'Veon Bell thinks. He tweeted some emoji in response after the tie. It's like, I don't know, man. James Conner was catching balls. James Conner was running the balls. James Conner had two rushing touchdowns. Uh, he, he pretty much had a, other than that fumble, James Conner had a great game. You got to hand it off to him. And even I was just like, I don't know if James Conner could take uh Take the mantle, but I don't know. Seems to be all right. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna see here. What else is there? It's been raining all weekend because the the remnants from that tropical storm or whatever. But um, you know, moving on from. I think with the Steelers. They'll be fine next week when they play the Chiefs at home. Uh, they'll show up to play, and I just, I just think it's, it's gonna be a win. It's, you know, as always, they just need to play a bad team, have a bad team, punch them in the mouth. It's weird because it's a tie, and it's like a tie kind of feels like a loss. It really, it does. But then it's like you remember, but it's a tie. But you're just like, it, it's not the win. It's not like a winning feeling. You're just like, it's a tie. see, because Americans we don't like ties. Ties are just. Ties are just dumb. Like, they do it in soccer and, like, hockey. Like, people get ties all the time. It's just in in the United States, it's like somebody's got to win. Baseball, basketball, football, you got to have a winner. There's a winner and a loser. Somebody's got to win or somebody's got to lose. Because this tie crap, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with anybody. Just doesn't sit well. But, um, yeah, moving on. Next topic. Oh, Mac Miller. Yeah, he died. That sucks. Rest in peace to him. Dude was a uh, definitely a, a man of the Steel City. My favorite song by him is Loud. I don't know why. It's just such a definitely a hype song. Definitely about to go out and party kind of song. And 
you know, it just it sucks when it happens. Drug addiction is definitely a, uh, it's definitely a huge problem. And uh, I really don't know, like, the solution is just to not use. But then, I don't know, people just, like, get on your case. It's like, well, you don't understand. It's like, no, dude, it's just don't do drugs. That's the that's the solution. Don't be doing like heroin or like popping pills and lean and stuff. It's like that's different than that's different than just going out, drinking a couple beers socially with people, going to a sporting event. That's yes, it's different. Those are two different things. <laughs> going out and drinking lean and like I think that's definitely like you're taking it another in the in another step. Or like doing heroin's just the absolute like worst. It's just, what could be any worse than, like, just heroin abuse? I don't know. But Matt claims that he's, he's done, he's tried everything, so it's, I don't know, it sucks. I don't know. And then, I don't really know how you just, you just don't use. I mean, a guy like Mac Miller, I mean, like, yeah, he's famous. He seems to have like supportive family, fans that loved him, you know, people in the hip hop community that loved him, and it's just it's it's like it's, at the end of the day it's it's up to you. You make choices. Like it's true. It's just you make choices. That's what happens. You know? He made a choice to do a drug. And then he was excited for his tour, and then I don't know what he did. I guess he took too much of something and then it just it just went and killed him. So I don't know. It sucks that that happens. And like his music too was just evolving. Kind of like how the Beastie Boys grew up. Like when the Beastie Boys came first came on the scene in like the 80s. They were just a bunch of frat rappers. But then the Beastie Boys slowly became more experimental and used samplings. Just that better rhyme schemes. And because by Paul's Boutique like three years later. It was like one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever, just with the sampling and all the ideas being thrown at. Paul's Boutique's an awesome album. If you want, like, a great hip-hop album to listen to, definitely check out Paul's Boutique is the shit by the Beastie Boys. And I think Mac definitely looks up to the Beastie Boys a lot in terms of his own career trajectory. He was kind of heading in that direction. His music definitely got much more experimental, much more, like, kind of, like, just, like, soul and jazzy in a way but um yeah it's it sucks i gotta listen to swimming a lot more and i'll say that i've never like i don't think i've ever sat down and listened to all of his disc discography straight through but um there's always like certain songs that you love by him but i'll definitely have to listen to swimming swimming and good am a lot more i think faces is another project he has uh macadelic of course, I listened to Blue Slide Park a lot. I mean, everyone did back in 2011. <coughs> oh. But, um... Yeah, it definitely... Definitely sucks. I'm gonna see if there's any... See if there's any emails... This week for the podcast. Oh. That sucks with... That sucks with uh, Mac Miller, though. <coughs> he was about to do a show, I think, at Peterson Event Center in, uh, up in uh, Oakland in Pittsburgh. That would have been sick. All right. 
Someone actually asked me a question this week. He goes, Stooch, what are your thoughts on Colin Kaepernick being the face of Nike? Um, I don't really, I don't really care. I mean, it, it kind of doesn't surprise me <laughs> because, uh, I don't know. I just feel like Nike's just using the social justice, uh, angle. It's like fake social justice. It's just stuff to tweet about to make you feel better about yourself that you're actually helping a situation when you're really not helping a situation. I used to be one of those people like that until I just woke, until I wake up and it's like, I'm really not doing anything to try to make this situation better. So it's like I'm just going to stop acting like I I can make the situation like better. It, it's what well, he wants to kneel during the games fine. Like that's his right to do that. Now he's suing for like collusion. Well, it's like it's teams don't have to hire you. And like if an NFL team were to sign Colin Kaepernick, it, it's a 50-50 issue. Half of the half of the fans of that team would be pissed. Think about the people that watch football for a second. Mostly men, mostly it's it's mostly men, like masculine men, like manly like yeah, football and it's just like older men, guys that love the flag, all that stuff. It the demographic of like you know, young socialists, we don't like football. But but it's that's not what the NFL like most NFL fans you'd have to say are conservative. Like <laughs> And so, if any team were to hire Colin Kaepernick, that would piss off a ton of that team's fans that feel passionate about the anthem protest. Even though you may, even though it's totally about police brutality, and I agree that it's about police brutality, but to those fans, it's they got to sell a product and like bringing the flag and politics into that. That's a toxic. That's a toxic situation for any team. They don't want to. Most NFL teams don't want to deal with politics. Can you blame them? And then they'll say, yeah, but this owner donated to this guy and whatnot. It's just like, I don't know. The Kaepernick thing is just like, it's like a 50 fit. It's it's a 50-50 issue with like fans. It's like one half people, they all love him. They want him to do the thing. And then the other half is like, no, he shouldn't be kneeling. So it's, it is what it is. I support his right to do it though. You know, but also if you're an NFL team, you shouldn't have to be forced to hire somebody that you don't want to hire, you know? So it's it goes both ways, and uh, I'm sure Nike's paying them a ton of money to be their face. And believe me, Colin Kaepernick signed—I believe he signed a hundred million dollar contract. I don't know how much of that was guaranteed. I think like maybe forty million of that was guaranteed or something. But I think Colin Kaepernick's doing all right money-wise. But um, yeah, now I think Ford is out there or something saying like we support Colin. It's it's just now corporations are have done their market research on millennials, and I guess because we're the majority in the workforce now they know that like millennials are passionate about this so they're trying to appeal to you by doing all this and uh it's working everyone's like oh i'm gonna buy nike now they're so woke so yeah i guess it's worked for their mark they did their market research they're like yeah it's gonna piss off some people that buy nike but some people that you know, we're giving us shit for the sweats, sweatshops, whatnot. They'll let it slide, though, because we got Colin Kaepernick as our face. So, I don't know. I think it makes just everyone look stupid. Oh, <coughs> Yeah, what else can you, like... I don't know. Isn't, that, isn't this what most people think about this, though? 
Like, everyone asks, like, this, this is the unpopular opinion, but really, like, Colin, don't we, do we all, like, just agree with this? It's, I think most people would say, yeah, he has the right to nail and protest. You may not like it, but it's just, yeah, he has the right to do it. I think only two NFL players kneeled today. So it's like, it caught on for a little bit as, like, a little demonstration against Trump. But it's just, at this point, everyone's about getting their, making their money, whatever makes them happy. Everyone's focused on their own business, and, uh... Nothing's going to really change. You know? Like, how does, like, like making Colin Kaepernick the face of Nike, how does that do anything to solve poli- police brutality? It doesn't. It really doesn't. It's not like a law was passed. It's not like they convicted a cop or somebody that did use police brutality and killed somebody. It's just, we made this guy the face of, you know, our 30-year campaign. It's just, it didn't do anything. It's just tang- like tangibly, it just did not do anything. They just made this guy the face, and they paid him a ton of money to be their face. It's like the paid patriotism when the Defense Department pays NFL teams to have big displays with the flag to do the national anthem to show that they're patriotic. No, the Department of Defense pays money to these NFL teams to have these displays to show it on TV to make everybody, you know, get an erection for the flag. This, But this is what it is for... You know, you got to see both sides. I'm telling you. When, you. when you're in the middle, and I'm totally like in the middle at this point. You can just see both sides and just call them out on just like the dumb bullshit each side does. It's kind of refreshing. You know? So, uh, yeah. I think that summarizes my thoughts on Colin Kaepernick. You know? I don't hate the guy, but I just think I just think he's like anybody else that's that famous. It's 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 a way to make money and a way to make you look to to appeal to a certain demographic because that's what it's like when you're like that big. Everyone has their own like angle, you know. And I'm I'm just that's just my thoughts on that. <coughs> All right, I got four minutes left. I'm gonna make this a half hour. So uh, let's see what I got here. Steelers versus Browns. Oh man, a lot of sports. I was watching this uh, Sunday night game, Packers Bears, and uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt with like a knee injury early on in the game. And I was like nervous because they were taking him out in the cart, and they just paid him a shit ton of money. I think it was like. 98 million guaranteed. It was like a $130 million deal for like four years. And uh, now he's back and the Packers are making a comeback. There's like, I think it was it was like 20 to three or something. And Khalil Mack was just making all these plays. He was sacking people, strip sacking them for fumble, interception for touchdown. Khalil Mack just totally took over the game, but then Aaron Rodgers left. Now he came back and now it's 20 to 17. Bears are winning. There's about three minutes left. So Aaron Rodgers might, Go from, oh, God, he's out for the season to coming back and leading them to victory with a, with a bad knee. I like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a – how can you dislike Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers never does anything to, like, make you want to hate him. He just goes out there, plays football, off the field. He gets a ton of – girl like, girls love him, gets a ton of girlfriends. I mean, like, what's not to like about this dude? You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, statistically. 
won a Super Bowl, beat my Stillers in the Super Bowl. I remember that game. I remember because Rashard Mendenhall fumbled at the 50-yard line, and that's when the momentum shifted. But, um, yeah. But this Khalil Mack, man, this dude, I, the way he, like, rushes the passer for the Bears, I don't know why, like, oof. It's, it's like game over when you're playing a guy like that. I would hate to fucking be a quarterback <laughs> having that guy rush, try to sack me and kill me. Trying to see what's going on here. All right, so the Bears are driving down the field, though. They got, like, 12 yards to go. And they got this dude, Mitch Trubinsky or something, at quarterback. I don't know if this dude's any good, but uh, if he gets a touchdown here, it'll be looking pretty good. Oh, tip ball. Okay. That was almost intercepted. Uh, yeah. So, um, this is the podcast. We got about 69 seconds to go. And, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a good week. Next podcast, we'll be talking about uh, the Chiefs game and how that went. And I think uh, Ben will show up. He'll have a good game. And I'll prove all the haters wrong. I just don't get how people are, like, throwing Ben under the bus after one bad game. Acting like it's over. Like, half of Yinzer Twitter's like this. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. So, like, he's he's the $20 million quarterback. They're not going to bench him unless he's just awful for, like, four games in a row. Unless he just totally just loses it. And I just don't see that happening. Sometimes guys just have a bad game. And Ben does that every year. He has two bad. He has, like, one or two horrible games. And then he has, like, two or three great games that offsets the bad games. And then the rest of the way, dude's solid. He throws for like 300 yards. He has a touchdown or two. Completes like 65, 70% of his pass. He's, he's just, he's solid. You go look it up. But that's the podcast. And Ben's a jackass, but he's our jackass. So he'll be back and better next week. All right, that's the podcast.